Lord be with you. Let us pray. God, our Creator, when you speak, there is light and life. Fill us with your Holy Spirit so that we may listen to one another, speak the truth in love, and bear much fruit in the service of your kingdom through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Uh, before we get started, I um, wanted to update you on something. John's not here, and it was previously planned he wouldn't be, but uh, some of you may recall that uh, that uh, both his daughter and daughter-in-law were expecting um, first part of um, next year, I think maybe both in February. However, um, this past Tuesday evening, uh, Rosie, his daughter-in-law, Andrew's wife, uh, started having some, she'd been having some issues uh, involving the pregnancy, and uh, as John said, the doctors went in and got uh, the baby who is, Lucille Elizabeth Harbuck. Um, she uh, she weighed a little less than two pounds, and um, so obviously in a neonatal uh, unit. But um, he and I talked later on Wednesday after he let me know about it, and they'd gone from uh, having tubes down her nose to something more like a CPAC mask uh, that provided oxygen to her, which uh, Leighton, being a nurse, um, told them that was a good sign, um, and I, I sent him an email yesterday and got back something uh, that all all, new, all good news or something like that, and Rosie was now home because she had to have a C-section, and he said they're going to be discussing a plan going forward. They have yet to go up. Um, because Andrew just said wait because Rosie's parents were there and I think he didn't want to be overwhelmed with even though it was parents just too many people there How many weeks were in the she was 25 weeks so you know she was a early February uh, no a late February so it's uh, she's probably gonna be in the hospital in the neonatal unit for probably an extended period of time mm -hmm. but um, is uh, John said, and then when uh, Margie and um, Coffee and Laurie and Frank, um, Andrew had said something too, I think several Sundays ago. And anyway, I would call Margie to tell them, and she goes, Well, she's a girl. Preemie girls have a better shot than preemie boys. So, uh, it's a plus. Um, <laughs> All things being. You know, it, it's, you, you don't like to hear uh, about ones that young, but. Um, you know, right now the news is good, and John did um, ask that, like I both share with y'all, and just ask for continued prayers for um, Lucy, um, Rosie, Andrew, and the doctors and the nurses, because uh, you know, as John said, all things happen for a reason, and they're just uh, going to go with that and um, follow through. But uh, do keep um, all of them in your prayers. I know John and Stacy would appreciate it. Um, also, just so you mark your calendar, um, while John was scheduled to be gone this week, both of us are going to be out of town next week, so we won't be meeting, um, and then we'll be back the two weeks, so what's that, the 28th, 23rd, something like that, yeah. So um, we'll be here and uh, pick up from there. but. Right now we're in um, Romans uh, chapter 5 starting at verse uh, 21 and we have been talking um, in verse 
verse 12 through 21. They're two. They're both twos and both ones, you know. Just a little dyslexia. Yeah. That's right. So just, but, you know, Paul has been talking about uh, the justification he worked through with Abraham having the promise uh, of the covenant given to him um, that how we've been justified by faith, uh, we have peace with God, um, and we're now ready to look at, uh, if you will, death in Christ, death in Adam, life in Christ. I guess I'm going to be backwards all day long. I apologize in advance. Um, the um, but would like for somebody, if, uh, and I guess coffee, since you always volunteer first, I'll just step out and say coffee. If you would read verses 12 through 17. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. For in, sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted when there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgressions of Adam, but was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass, for if many died through one man's trespass, much more had the grace of God and the free gift of the grace that that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded in for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. If, because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Thank you. By one man, sin entered the world, um, and then... God has dealt with that sin. Looking over, and Paul talked more about it in his letter to the Corinthians. Um, Can I move my marker? Uh, In um, chapter 15, verses 21 and 22 of 1 Corinthians. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die. So also in Christ shall all be made alive. And then over to uh, verses uh, 45 and through 49 in um, chapter 15 also. The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last, Adam, became a life-giving spirit. But it is not the spiritual that is first, but the natural, and then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven, as was the man of dust. So also are those who are of the dust, and is the man of heaven. So also are those who are of heaven. Just as we have all borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. Adam, and by the way Paul's talking, he very much viewed Adam as a real man, not just a histor- you know, a, a true historical person as opposed to just some representative. That sin came into the world, and 
while the law had not been given, and we talked about how the law um, was not given until Moses, and that those people before even God had found righteous or had found favor with, um, they still were under sin. And that sin had come in. Adam had been given a very specific command. Do not eat of. And we all know that they did, he and Eve. But it's put on Adam as being where sin came into the world, original sin, if you would. And so Adam broke that very specific command. Then God gave Israel, through Moses, the law. Uh, It was as much to make them aware of what the moral law was, what was expected of them. And the, um, and, you know, just like Adam broke the command of thou shalt not eat the fruit, what did the Israelites do? They broke the commandments that were given to them by God through Moses. They broke the law. And even the ceremonial law and, and, and everything else they couldn't keep. Um, death, when Paul is talking, he kind of goes back and forth some, but he's talking really about death, both physical and spiritual. The spiritual death is really separation from God. Uh, they're um, outside of being able to be with him. Uh, And with spiritual death, it can culminate in the physical death. So when a person dies that we think of death, and we have memorial services and whatnot for, that's the physical death. But the spiritual death is that total separation from God. And so when Adam sinned, that you know, uh, sin came into the world through one man and death through sin. So the spiritual death came in through sin, and so death's spiritual death spread to all men because all sinned. Um, So that was happening. We inherited a sinful nature because we're descendants of Adam. And... It's just, you know, it's more than just like, but, if you will, the genetics that we get from our parents, we get the sinful nature from our parent, Adam. And that had been continuing to go on. And when the covenant was given to the Israelites, to Abraham for the Israelites, God intended it for it to be to all men because what did God tell Abraham? Count the stars. Those are your descendants. Count the grains of sand. Well, you can't count those. But the Israelites kind of kept this, what God had given them to themselves and saw themselves as a special people differently than what God's intent was for them is to let man know about it. Then we look in, you know, starting in verse 15. If you'll notice, there are 15, 16, and 17, three verses, 
and the word or the words, the phrase, free gift is repeated five times. But the free gift of grace that we get is not like the trespass. For many died through that trespass. How much more has the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus, abounded for many. So this free gift that we have is much more. It's not like you got death in one hand and you've got free gift of grace on the other and they even out of scale. That free gift that we have is much more. Death is a negative. It's done. Free gift, we continue onward. It's something that stays. It's more permanent than death. Death is real. The gift is real. But it brings something much greater. Um, and, it, and it talks about this lavish gift that we have is for, you know, it's, it would say, who, like in 17, who received. That who is really who belong to Christ, and it talks about all. That all is not like some universalist might want to say is all men. It's all men that belong to Christ. So he's saying that this free gift is is what it is. It's a free gift. God gave it to us by nothing that we did. You know, it's like you know when we give somebody. You know, um, give them birthday presents, or I think I used before that mother gives checks to her new great-grandchildren, and it's not because of anything they did. It's just because, here, start them a savings account. Well, obviously, the free gift we get from God is a lot more than a savings account, but it's nothing that we've done that merits this gift that we've gotten, this gift of grace. And so he's working through, he being Paul, that this gift is so much greater than what our trespasses have led us to deserve. And even looking back, Paul, <laughs> it's kind of like a lot of us speak in the way it's written and at least translated, um, probably in your, uh, depending on, I looked in a couple of versions, but at the end of... Um, Verse 12, it's got a straight line, or as N.T. Wright would have done, he put in a lot of dots, like, you know, you're writing in something and you may not complete the sentence, you just put a bunch of dots on and then kind of pick up. Well, that's almost like Paul paused here to kind of come back with a statement, and he's thinking so fast, and he's also probably transcribing or, or dictating so fast that... Um, you have to think about what he's saying because uh, sometimes when we get ahead of ourselves, if you're talking to somebody that's familiar with you and kind of knows what you're saying, they can kind of fill in the missing words, so to speak. But then somebody that doesn't know you uh, might read or hear, and they go, now, okay, now what's he talking about? There are too many of this, that, and the others in here that you know I can't connect the dots. And that's why sometimes reading particularly Romans, um, <laughs> there was a lot that you have to work at connecting dots. And so anyway, 
Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even though, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam. So here again, they didn't know what their sinning was because nothing had been told to them that they had done something wrong. Sometimes they could figure it out. You know, I was thinking about and, and early on, you know, Cain kills Abel. And, you know, at this point, this is, you know, early, early, um, the first uh, two sons of Adam and Eve. And, you know, he went and kind of hid, and God comes and says, where's Cain? And he goes, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? He knew exactly what had happened. And he was, he knew what he had done was wrong. There was no rule written down that says you you didn't. So when Paul is saying, even over those sinning, whose sinning was not like Adam's, because it had not been specifically stated, Cain knew he violated something. And so all through this history, all the way up to Moses, people would have known that they were doing things that they shouldn't be doing. You can just look around and see. And, you know, it's a lot of times we do, you know, things that sometimes we do and don't even think about them that we shouldn't do. Uh, it doesn't glare at us. But it still doesn't make it acceptable. Uh, Adam's trespass led to condemnation. You know, God told him exactly what the punishment was. And that is carried through all the way, and people broke the laws, and so God, you know, as I said, came up with a plan. Um, and now, looking in 20, now the law came to increase the trespass. And that really is not when the law came, people started sinning more, they became aware of the trespass. They became aware of the sin very specifically of what was going on and what wasn't going on. And so that's where when he says here, uh, when now the law came in to increase the trespass, well, you know, um, it was already there. They just became aware of what they were doing. But where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. The gift of grace is so much greater than the sin. I mean, because here again, judgment comes and a punishment will be declared. You know, we hear about people all the time, they've been found guilty, they'll be sentenced. Well, we've been found guilty, and the sentence is death. However, for those that believe that are in Christ, you know, they're in uh, 18, in life for all men, all men who believe, there's life. And that's what that gift of grace is, and it's so much greater than the sins, plural, you know, it's one gift, but it covers all sins. That in itself says how much stronger and greater it is. One gift, 
many sins. So that as sin reigned in death, grace may also reign through righteousness, leading to a eternal life through Jesus our Lord. Um, it becomes so much greater that we have. Then, moving on um, and looking um, at the latter part, and I was pulling from some of that just a second ago, verse 18 Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Now the law came to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace, grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Um, you know, this is the triumphant reign of grace. Uh, while Paul doesn't mention God's name, we know who Paul's talking about. We know who gave us that gift. We're aware of it. We know what God expected. We know what. Uh, you know, for one man's disobedience, we know what that disobedience was. We know that it was God's command to him not to eat of the fruit. Um, but God came up with a saving plan, or God's saving plan became known to us, I guess I should say. For God, it's now in place, and that's grace. Um, you know, human re rebellion, which is what sin is, destroyed the beauty of the world as God had created it. We didn't see it as what God had created. Um, and so that's that rebellion in us. You know, but Christ's act of righteousness grants righteousness and life to all who belong to him. You know, it's... Um, for by one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man. Much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through one man, Jesus Christ. So we will be there. We will reign with. Um, that covenant uh, given to Abraham was renewed from Christ's obedience. For, uh, in 19, for by one man's disobedience the many were made sinners. So by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Now, so we have righteousness because of Christ's obedience to come down from heaven, to be among us, to die, to rise again, and then to ascend. And Christ did what God would have him do very obedient and so that puts us in the right and that's both present and future it's not a now not later not later not now but later it's both that we're righteous and that's part of what 
you know, when we do things, we do it as much in thanksgiving. Um, and when we talk, sometimes you, we hear people talk about Christ being the new uh, Adam and, uh, you know, or the second Adam or, or you know, different things that he's a new Adam in the concept, so to speak, of he represents all men. So, you know, through his punishment, all men have been punished. Just like through Adam's sin, all men have sinned. We were born into sin. Uh, we're not quite born in, but we're reborn. You know, Christ uh, told Nicodemus he had to be reborn. Well, his question was, you know, how do I go back into my mother's womb? But it's it's that rebirth of our our spirit, our relationship. Um, it's kind of interesting today. Um, on the front page of the New York Times, Sunday Times, is an article, and it's about a statue at the um, Metropolitan Museum of Art that back in '02, during the night, it fell. And the head of Adam was busted up such that there were only... 28 recognizable pieces and hundreds of other just little pebbles. And they put it back together. It's taken them 12 years. Tomorrow, uh, Tuesday, I think it said it's going to be, you know, how they do reveal it to, and, you know, uh, it, it's going to be back on display. And they meticulously put it back together. Now, the subtitle says, Anatomy of a Rebirth. Well, that's not a rebirth. That is the same statue that Tullio Lombardo created, sculpted, 500 plus years ago. It's not a rebirth. It's not a new atom. It's a restored atom. Whereas through Christ, we don't have a restored Adam that was in the garden. We have a new life. So, you know, in that article, the subtitle that should be there would probably be more the anatomy of a restoration because part of what's going to be made available is a video that takes through the process of exactly how they went about restoring. So people can see it. Part of the article is, is used to be when things happened, they kind of kept it almost like state secrets. And, you know, our museum did what we could to get it back together versus your museum might have put another piece of sculpture back together a different way. It's now sharing. But, you know, it's, as I say, it's still a restoration of it's not a new. Whereas in Christ, we have a new Adam. We have a new representative that represents us in providing us this gift of grace. Yeah, it, he talks about there, and we'll get into it more when we are back together in two weeks. But now the law came to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. And then you look at the first two verses of 6. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? 
By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? You know, so we can't, we shouldn't use the excuse, well, I'm sinning, but that means I'll get more grace. No. I mean, the gift of grace is the gift of grace. Generally, I, what I'm asking is, are there different categories of sin? And, and I, I can think of three. Well, you've got the Ten Commandments. And I, I was instructed or taught by Paul's all, or I learned, maybe I paid attention the first time. But the, the main purpose of the Ten Commandments was to convict everybody. That nobody could keep. Nobody, that humanly, secretly impossible, to keep all of the Ten Commandments. Therefore, you had to have the saving grace of Jesus Christ to forgive you for those sins. Now, that's that's one that's one category. Another category, in my in my opinion, is in our liturgy in the communion service. It says, "You shall love your Lord your God with all your heart." So this is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it, "You shall love your neighbor as yourself." So are those two elevated above the rest of the Ten Commandments. And then the third is all the laws. That proceeded in before Christ in the Jewish community of you know in pork on Friday or whatever you got you know all these all these all these laws and I think it's in the Bible someplace I'm sure I couldn't find it but where you know, Jesus even said you know it, all those laws that and I'm trying to look those laws that we're still supposed to follow but we just forgive if we don't do it I mean I, that's those are the three categories I think of and you know they. Do we need to be forgiven for not, I mean, for not eating fish on Friday, or not going to church on Saturday, or where? I mean, I do all these laws. You know, they were just can't work on Sunday. All these. You know. Well, some of the laws are a man's laws, okay, and they're civil. But God's laws are—they're more than moral, and a lot of civil laws are moral. But yeah, sin is sin. I mean, you know, Paul back over in uh, chapter 3 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. He doesn't say, for all have sinned and by different categories. Well, and the Jews believe it's sin. I mean, they eat non-kosher food or whatever. You know, that's, I mean, they, they're trying to not sin. I mean, so that's their, that's their definition or in that particular faith. Well, that's part of what I think Paul is trying to get us to see here. You know, there's this, by the laws that you have, there becomes awareness, okay? Now, you know, some of the, as much as anything, and is some of the rules back then with pork as much as one that I think of, that was much a health-type issue as it was anything because pork, because of the way it was raised then was, you know, you could get all sort of diseases from it. Now with like the uh, FDA and the meat inspections and all that, that's less so, okay? But that doesn't justify, you know, eating pork or not, but it was the purpose of some of the laws and how you went about doing it. And nobody could follow them, okay? And that's why we end up needing Christ to surfer for those, but to sit and say there are degrees of sin and some are greater than others, I think starts adding words. When you say this is the first and great commandment, that means it's more valuable. If you break that, it's 
person would think that logic is it should be worse sin than coveting or well but but think put it this way if you do those first two you've done all the rest but I'll go back to what I said if you do those two everything else happens by what about all these the Jewish laws about it was just many many laws in great detail, detail about what you could do on Sunday you could do on Sunday the day of rest I mean, you, 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 but but those were but some of those were you know a lot of what made up all the detail of the law was man's interpretation of basically what was given to Moses not just the Ten Commandments but some of what was given to him while they were in the desert that ends up being in Leviticus and whatnot is it possible that when we talk about the law that we may be confusing the fact the law is a totality of the commandments plus if you will the rules of kosher commandments rules and they all encompass law <laughs> or am I confusing the issue? <laughs> I'd have to go get my tattered old beat up reference Bible, but there is a passage in the Bible which states that the only unforgivable sin is the denial of the Holy Spirit. And I'd have to go look it up. I got it marked, but that, yeah. be, that is, according to the Bible, the only unforgivable sin. Uh, if you, if you, for Roman Catholic, and again, I don't know all the definitions, but they grade sins as mortal and vain. Mortal sins put your, your soul at risk for eternal damnation. And vainal sins are a lesser level. I'd have to do some research on that. But, and it, and it, all, it all revolves around sort of what you make of what Jesus said. And if you if you take Jesus' word and as expressed particularly through Paul, he made all things clean. When we talk about the kosher laws, he made all things clean. It's not what goes into a, man, a man's stomach that makes him evil, it's what comes out of his mouth. And, and Jesus expounded on the laws and relieved a great deal of the minutia of the laws. And I think that's the most important for us to look at. I mean, you know, it's, I think I said the last time I did it, what, some, something like 607 human points of the law. Yeah, yeah. And, and if everybody obeyed those one day, one time, one day, then the world would be renewed. That would be the coming of the Messiah. The Messiah would come that day. But there's no way in heaven or earth that, you can, that everybody on earth can obey six, 617 points of the law all day for one day. And that's just to me a sort of a you then have to trust the grace. Will you give me a senior moment and tell me, we, we go from Adam to Moses to Christ, where in there do the Ten Commandments come? Where do we get the Ten Commandments? Moses. The Moses. Well, God gave it to Moses on the mountain while the people of Israel were on their 40 years in the desert after leaving Egypt. And so then, then came Christ to put the Spirit into those commandments. Because you're, you're absolutely right. The one unforgivable sin, according to Scripture, is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. So the Trinity 
was absolutely necessary to be able to do anything. The presence of the Holy Spirit is what guides what I, whatever we do well, mm. in minutia or in black and white. Well, the Spirit was there at the beginning too. So we had it. You know, Christ said He didn't come to replace the law, but to fulfill the law and the prophets. It allowed us to see more clearly what was expected. Well, I mean, that's not the law. The, of the Ten Commandments allows us to see what we're doing wrong. It says that these are rules from God. The Jews think all these other rules of not working on Sundays. I mean, are, are just as, I mean, are very important. I, I, I don't know for sure, but I'm speculating, I guess. But that these, all these other rules, I mean, do you need to pray to be forgiven for, for not, for working for if you cut your grass on Sunday or whatever? Well, you know, a lot of what those other laws were were interpretations of exactly what the Ten meant. Right. To more clarify what we were supposed to do or not do. And so... Well, what, what man of you will not take your oxen to be watered to be fed on the Sabbath? I understand that. So, I mean, that's, that's the but, that, but that's the point. It was man's interpretation of what those ten were and how to achieve them. I mean, it's like Christ was a, and his disciples were accused of working because they were gathering grain to eat for that day. <laughs> and it's, you know, it, in some cases, one man's works is not, you know, a, a certain activity for one man may be work for another man, it's not. Um, sort of a, a great story that I've heard in many, many places in many hotels in Jerusalem where the elevator is a Sabbath switch. So that you can get on the elevator, you don't have to touch anything. It goes up and stops on every floor, and it comes down and stops on every floor. You get on the elevator, but you don't have to make the motion of, it, of doing the work of selecting the floor. I saw that. Hmm. It's a sort of a man's dodge of man's interpretation of the law. Wow. I'm Well, that that by that by doing it is you're totally separating yourself from God. 
Well, let's say you do it 25. No, that's, that's, it's one thing to sit and say, I'm not going to believe and subsequently come to believe. But when you sit and totally cut yourself off from God and anything he has to offer through Christ's death and the coming of the Holy Spirit to us, that's where it, you know, it's not shades of gray and where not. You have, you have decided to totally cut yourself off from God and your life shows that from then on. You can sit and say, you know, I'm not going to go to church and some would view that as denying what the Holy Spirit is and can do. And that, yes, you can come back to. But when you totally cut yourself off from God purposefully, that's not a backtrack. I'm Remember this, man proposes, God disposes. <laughs> Have a good trip. We're looking forward. Uh, no, Chris invites us.